Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Staffel. I am Greg Sausman. What's happening, Frankie? Hey, what's going on, man? Feeling better now that we're here. Talk a little fantasy baseball. Told this story earlier on Fantasy Sports Today. Was running for the bus today. I like, pulled my calf. I feel like an old man. I'm all banged up. Uh, but happy to be here with you, Greg. Continuing our starting pitcher preview. Part two. Part duh. Part dose. There you go. What's going on with you? How you, how'd you sleep last night? I slept pretty well last night. No issues. Ooh, look yeah. at this guy. Right? Slept great. I, I feel... I, I almost started my um, my next position race, and we were doing the outfielders the next two days. So I almost started that. <laughs> Good luck with that, too, Greg. Uh, but then I didn't. There's only like 150 of them to rank. I, you know, I, I always find a way. There's to so it. many starting pitchers. There's so many outfielders. Man. I did it. I got, the, I got the starting pitchers done. I saw it. It's true. I saw all the colors. This guy. It's real. Greg Sussman. Man. This my is job. the content that you need. Doing my job. So tonight, I'll have to work on the outfielders. I could have done it last night. Instead, I had a debate to watch, so I, I couldn't do it. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Here Sorry, we go, Greg. I, I mean, come on. We can just. How about you? Uh, Tell us about your Trevor Bauer rankings, Greg, and then we can just uh, have a debate right here on the show. As you'll find out in just a few moments, Trevor Bauer, number 22 on my rankings. Unbelievable. Let's go. Unbelievable. But is Trevor Bauer the best Reds pitcher? It's a question we're going to have to answer. I want to deep dive a little bit. Did you learn anything last year, Greg? We owned him. We owned him. Buy him back we in, We lived man. through it. Buy him back in. All right. Much, much cheaper Very this year. commendable. Much Very cheaper commendable. this year, man. Buy back in. I want to hear more on Sonny Gray. The hype guys we'll get into. I want to talk about Shohei Otani uh, as well as and Sleepers as well. A lot of as well. But first, as well, Knox Masada with your news update. Thank you, Greg Sussman. I'm Sean Guasmalaki with your BFFs Sports Grid News Update. All right, let's head over to the NBA breaking news. Hornets guard Malik Monk has been suspended indefinitely for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. No word on how many games Malik Monk will miss at this point, but he is suspended indefinitely, so he will be off the roster tonight when the Hornets host the Knicks 7-10 p.m. Eastern time. Hornets are getting two points in that matchup, 207 your total. A couple of great games later on tonight. You have the Memphis Grizzlies at the Houston Rockets. Rockets favored by 11.5 points, 237.5 on your total. 
After that, you have the Clippers at the Phoenix Suns. The Clippers, seven-point favorites, 232.5 your total. And the nightcap, 10.40 p.m. Eastern time from Utah, Boston at Utah. The Jazz, five-and-a-half-point favorites, 218.5 your total in that one. Let's go to the MLB score card here. Spring training games going on, but the news is J.D. Davis and MRI revealed Wednesday no new structural damage per Mets GM Brody Van Wagenen. Looks like Davis has avoided significant injury. And Justin Verlander, the Astros' ace and number three pitcher on Frank Stample and Greg Sussman's players uh, starting pitchers list, has been scratched Thursday. Not significant injury, though. Expected there. And Maria Sharapova, tennis star, five-time Grand Slam champion, has retired from tennis. That's it. 19 years the 32-year-old Russian reached number one in the WTA rankings in 2005, 2007, 2008, and 2012, but has dropped to 373rd in the world, the last ranking she was involved in. That's it for Maria Sharapova, and that's it for me with your BFFs. Sports Grid News Update. Guys, back to you. All right, thanks a lot there, Sean. Maria Sharapova, to quote uh, Booker T, five-time, 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 five-time. Grand Slam champion, hanging it up. Hanging up the racket? Is that what they call it? I don't know. Anyway, we're going to get into our starting pitcher preview part two, the rest of the show here on the Fantasy BFFs, specifically giving out our top 47 starting pitchers, and we'll give you some sleepers as well. As, as well. We know Greg Sussman likes to say as well. But what we also have is a snippet of the NBA tip drill from earlier today. Greg Sussman with DailyRoto.com's Drew Dinkmeyer to talk about one of the players that they're focusing on tonight in the NBA DFS slate. Let's move over to the shooting guard here, Drew, and that brings us now to, well, DeMar DeRozan, which makes sense because LaMarcus Aldridge is not in there tonight. Again, a lot more of that coming your way. But in this game between San Antonio and Dallas, you got to like DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan in the games without LaMarcus Aldridge this year, his usage rate has shot up to over 30%. The rebounding and the assist rates have uh, have bounced up as well. And so he's just got a huge opportunity set whenever LaMarcus Aldridge is off the floor. And that's consistent when you look at on a game level basis or just in the regular season when they both played in the same game and Aldridge has been off the floor, the usage rate really skyrockets. So, you know, 35 plus minutes of that tonight against Dallas, a team that, you know, plays fast and is a little bit looser on the defensive side of the ball. A really good price tag on DeMar DeRozan. It doesn't look like it's been adjusted for the assumption that Aldridge is out. Uh, price below 7000 You should really take advantage of that tonight. This is kind of like the C.J. McCollum situation from the last few nights where without Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum's rates explode. Without LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan's rates explode. I don't know if we'll quite get the performances from DeMar that we've been getting from C.J., but I think it's very likely to pay off this $6,900 price tag. And shout out to Daily Roto and Drew Dinkmeyer. The guys have been absolutely crushing it all season long from an NFL uh, NBA DFS perspective, also from an NFL DFS perspective. But right now, we're in NBA season. We're prepping for fantasy baseball as well. Uh, but these guys have done a phenomenal job. They gave out Joel Embiid the other day, Greg, and he dropped a career-high 49 points. Tonight, DeMar DeRozan with LaMarcus Aldridge out. The usage rate goes up. The points per game go up for DeMar DeRozan. I think it makes a ton of sense. 
DeMar DeRozan with Alan Marcus Aldridge. He's got to be a lock for your lineup. I know Drew also likes Luka Doncic. Here tonight, gave out Joel Embiid a couple days ago. As you said, Joel Embiid was your NBA Fantasy Player of the Night. Thanks for those 49 points. All right, let's get into starting pitching. Part duh, part two, part dos. And we begin with player I have ranked 22, Frank. Because we did 121 yesterday. Player I have at 22. It's Bauer Power. Let's go. There's no way that you actually want Trevor Bauer sure, and that he is a target of yours. Why not? All right, so tell me why, Greg. Uh, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. See, Trevor Bauer, obviously, two years ago, was awesome. Last year, he was drafted as an ace, uh, ace-like pitcher. He's just 29 years old. And listen, he had a setback last year. Didn't really feel right in Cleveland. Went to Cincinnati. That's what we're going to call it. didn't necessarily work out that well. Um, but while all the numbers were much worse last year than they were the year prior, you're doing a great job, Greg. You're doing a great job of selling Trevor Bauer. He can bounce back. You've got nothing, dude. Why do you have Trevor Bauer ranked number 22 at starting pitcher? Here's he can what bounce you need back! To know. Here's what you need to know. He had one phenomenal season. Can't take anything away from him. Back in 2018, a 2.21 ERA. Great. If you had him that year, probably helped you win a fantasy baseball championship. If you owned him last year, he did not help you. In fact, he hurt you. He was terrible. He had an ERA over four, a 4.48 ERA, like he has had for most of his career. Actually, in fact, outside of that 2018 season, Trevor Bauer has had an ERA of at least 4.19 in every single season as a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's not good. He's Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray and Trevor Bauer have the, basically... Same career numbers, and I will illustrate that to you right now. Robbie Ray, 4.11 career ERA, 135 whip, career 11 Ks per nine. Trevor Bauer, 4.04 ERA. All right, he's .07 better. 1.30 whip, .05 better there. Nine and a half Ks per nine in his career. I will give you this. Over the past three seasons, his K per nine has been up over 10. Still not as good as Robbie Ray. Why are we drafting Trevor Bauer two, three, four rounds ahead of Robbie Ray. If you want someone who's going to suck at everything except give you strikeouts, why don't you just take Robbie Ray, Greg? Can't you think that like Trevor Bauer can still improve? Like I feel like Robbie Ray is what Robbie, Robbie Ray is. Like, can't Trevor Bauer, I know you're going to say. But isn't 2018 like the aberration? Isn't yes. that just the outlier? It's- Obviously, but I think that, not that these, both these guys didn't have that top prospect pedigree. And I like I, I, I don't like Robbie Ray. I have Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray ranked where? At 38. I'll tell you, the, the time that you draft Robbie Ray, Greg, is you pair him with Kyle Hendricks. And I, I, I want Kyle And I believe, it was, I believe it was Alex Chamberlain who was a baseball writer of the year last year, fantasy baseball writer of the year, uh, with Fangrass. Still a phenomenal job. Yeah. He kind of brought about the idea of pairing together Robbie Ray and Kyle Hendricks sure. and making one super pitcher because it makes a lot of sense. I'm not drafting Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks is going to give you ERA. He's going to give you whip. Not going to give you strikeouts. Robbie Ray, going to give you strikeouts. Going to give you nothing else. Maybe he'll give you wins because... The, that division outside of the Dodgers is lackluster and should have good run support behind him. But outside of that, man, I get it on Trevor Bauer, the swinging strike percentage, the strikeout ability. I understand that. But you can get strikeouts later on in the drafts. We'll talk about Denelson Lamette. We'll talk about Robbie Ray, Kenta Maeda. You can get strikeouts anywhere. All he's going to do is hurt your ERA and whip as well. Unless he doesn't. Let's talk about Sonny Gray, his teammate on the other side of this. Yes. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. And just like and Yogi read the comments Yogi into the ground. Rock and roll was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So you can't all be your way here on the show, Greg. You wanted to talk about Trevor Bauer, you got it. Now all I want to do is talk to you. I feel like this is pre-planned. I swear it was. Alright, back here, BFFs, he's Frank. I'm Greg. We did, we talked about Trevor Bauer and we talked about or Frank mentioned during the break to me. Hey. Maybe the pitching coach, Derek Johnson, in Cincinnati, could work his magic. Because he's worked his magic before, specifically with his old pupil, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray last year had a really nice bounce back year from his couple of tough years uh, in New York. Sonny Gray is my number, where is he? My number 25 pitcher off the board. Frank, where is he for you? Sonny Gray is my number 25. All right, so we both have him inside our top 25 there. I know you really like Sonny Gray this year. Had a great bounce back year. Why do you think uh, his 2020 will be more like 2019 than, say, 2017, 2018? Well, I think that they figured some things out last year. And uh, you mentioned that he was reunited with his former pitching coach, Derek Johnson. And Derek Johnson came over from the Brewers and obviously did a phenomenal job with uh, players while he was with in Milwaukee. And then last year wound up helping Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo get to the next level. And he was just phenomenal last year. Uh, Sub-3 ERA, 108 whip. Uh, the XFIP was a little bit higher, 365. But even if he gave you you know, a mid-threes ERA this year, based on where he's going, a top 25 starting pitcher, I think that you would be all right with that. Uh, the strikeouts were up. He, he does exactly what you want. He gets strikeouts. He gets a lot of ground balls, nearly a 51% ground ball rate. Still struggles a little bit too much with the walks, but... Last year, Greg, and we've always said this about Sonny Gray, is that he didn't get enough strikeouts to mitigate the walks. Last year was the year that he actually finally did that. Posted a career-high 11% swinging strike rate, 29% K rate, was by far the highest of his career, and 14th highest among qualified starting pitchers last year. The biggest difference for him was that he started using his breaking pitches more, and we hear that a lot in baseball, sure. is get away from the, bas- uh, the fastball. Use your breaking pitches more. That's exactly what it did. Use the slider more. Use the curveball more. Uh, and the slider rated as a top 12 pitch according to Fangraph's pitch values. His curveball was top five among curveballs last year as well. Uh, so there's some people that speculate that his breaking pitches won't be as good. And I believe when we had Nick Pollock on a pitcher list, that was his uh, hesitancy yep. when it comes to Sonny Gray. But you know, if he can come anywhere close to replicating what he did with his breaking pitches last year, Greg, I think that he can give you a, you know, 3-5 to 3-7 ERA with, you know, a 1-1-5 to, to 1-2-0 whip with, you know, really good strikeouts, 180 innings. And, you know, if he does that, he's likely going to be a top 25, top 30 starting pitcher once again. Sonny Gray's obviously not sexy. Um, like you said, uh, the walks were down, strikeouts were up. Um, I feel like you just have fatigue on Sonny Gray, Greg. Is that, is, I do. I, I, I think that fatigue's a really good word. For it, what do you want him as? So that's a good question, and I was going to bring this up as well. I think if you play in a 15-team league, and 
that's more so for deeper formats, NFBC formats. I don't mind him as my SP2. I don't love it, but ideally, I would want him as my SP3. Confident with him as SP3? Yes, I am. And and I think this is something we should break down as well, and I wanted to mention this, is that we went over our top 21 pitchers yesterday, Greg. When I'm doing my drafts, I want to come away with at least two of my top 21. Right. And that's that's why I lose yesterday as well. Garrett Cole or DeGrom in the first round, if not... You know, maybe a Patrick Corbin or a Giolito in the third. Uh, but I do want to grab a Morton or a Paddock or a Syndergaard. I know you like Syndergaard a lot in that fourth round range. Give me two of my top 21 starting pitchers. Uh, and then I also want to extend that to give me three of my top 30. Sonny Gray is inside of that top 30, so I wouldn't mind him as my SP3, ideally. Fair enough. Sonny Gray for me, I have him at 25, like I said. He's an SP3 here. Am I going to draft Sonny Gray? You're not in. I can only see me drafting Sonny Gray when I team with you. Like, I can be like, talking to Sonny Gray. Like, hey, this is a good, like, how the team is kind of shaping up. I want Sonny Gray here. I'd be like, okay, I could see that. I don't see myself really drafting him. The thing is, the price isn't anywhere near what he did last year. No, because it's not just me that has You're the fatigue. You're getting him in, like, a, you know, the sixth through eighth round. I was say the seventh round, yeah. yeah. It, it's not just me that has the fatigue on Sonny oh, Gray. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who are skeptical of what he did last year. Right. So that's why, you know, if you like them, you'll get them at a, at a solid value. If not, I mean, just keep letting them fall down the board. So I have a tier that goes from 22 to 27. I mentioned Trevor Bauer. I mentioned Sonny Gray. Oh, so you only have six guys in that tier. I only have six guys in that tier. All right. Because mine, mine is similar. I have it from 22 to 31. It's, it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So 22 to 31. I'm going to read you my guys, and then you can get into yours. You can put it, and you guys can put it up so everybody can see what we're talking about. So I got Trevor Bauer here uh, at 22, followed by Jose Barrios, uh, Corey Kluber, Sonny Gray, Carlos Carrasco and Tyler Glass now, and that's really where my tier ends, and I have Wheeler starting my next tier. What, I know you hate Bauer, and that's fine. What do you think about the rest of it, Frank? Uh, Corey Kluber, I, I'm not in on either this year. Because yeah, at so, one point you were. We did the starting pitcher preview on FSC earlier today. My two busts were Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber. Okay. Yeah. You're just not buying that. Kluber always is a terrible April and whatnot. Are you just not buying that Corey Kluber can bounce back in any way? I mean, I'm not ruling healthy. it out. It, there's maybe, definitely maybe having some a year off from that shoulder like that could be helpful. It might, it might actually help him, right? And he's older now, but I, I think what we saw last year, we just can't completely dispute that. And I understand he normally we didn't, see, we didn't see much last year. He normally gets off to slow starts, Greg. But I mean, what he did last year was really bad. He pitched 35 innings. Yeah, but he made seven starts. That's not like insignificant. That's I mean, almost a quarter of the season. Well, fine, start wise, but like you get off to a slow start. Those seven starts are April and May. It wasn't warm yet. It's cold in Cleveland. <laughs> You're making the case for Kluber here, Greg. And look, he, he might make me look stupid here I if mean, he bounces back with Texas. You just look at the ERA in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, that's why, look, it's hard to this completely dispute an it. He's one year removed from a 289 ERA with a 0.99 win. And the X-Men being 308. It wasn't yeah, like... like... He was great. There's no doubt about that. But I think late in 2018, we started to see the skills erode a little bit. Definitely. And then early last year, so that's all we have to go on. It's like... The first month of last year and the last month or two of 2018, and those last three months have not been good. And he's getting up there in age as well. He's so old, Mister Ages over there. He's no, but 30, here's what it's like. Years with old. Verlander and Granky, there's no signs. Right. With Kluber, there is. It's a bad month. Oh, it's a bad month. It's a bad but three months, Greg. It was a bad month. Five was- eight ERA in seven starts last year. The walks three point seven nine. It's bad. That's not something you normally see out of Kluber. No. His twenty two percent. K rate was his lowest since 2013 in those first seven starts. And here's another thing, Greg. 370 Babbitt for the record. But here's what I'll get to on the Babbitt. Uh-huh. Last, over the past two seasons, his hard contact rate is 36.7%. Juice ball, two, hurt him. From 2011 through 2017, 
his hard contact was 27%. So over the past two seasons, now, and again, this is going back to 2018, where we're starting to see a trend of him giving up hard contact. The past two seasons, up over 36% hard contact, which is nowhere what it has been in years past for Corey Kluber. There is a range of outcomes um, where he completely makes me look foolish and he goes back to being the Corey Kluber of old. I, I recognize that, but I'm not willing to take that gamble. Give me someone like Sonny Gray, who I still think is young enough and you know showed us what his upside was last year. Give me one of these you know hype guys starting pitchers with Montas and Max Fried and Gallen, all players who we think can take that next step. Uh, Corey Kluber, Greg, at age 34, is someone that I am worried about this season. I will say this, Corey Kluber's fastball... Uh was the slowest that it has ever been, 91.6 miles per hour in those seven starts last year. Uh, he's usually around 92, 93, down to 91. If he's losing juice in the fastball, that's not so good. Who do you have closing out this whole tier, or is making up this whole tier for you? Yeah, so I have a 22 through 31 for me. This is my tier three, and I really want uh, one of these guys as my... SP3, if at all possible. I have Tyler Glass now at SP22, uh, followed by Brandon Woodruff, Jose Barrios. All right, cool. Jose Barrios, Sonny Gray, Carlos Carrasco, Max Fried at 27, Mm. Zach Gallen at 28, Frankie Montas at 29, Zach Wheeler at 30, and Mike Soroka at 31. That rounds out that tier for me. And as you can see up on the screen, uh, the start of 32 is the beginning of a next year. For so for me, you're higher than Brandon Woodruff, which we, which we knew already. that you Leave that up, Alex, so I want to be able to compare. So Brandon Woodruff, you have higher than, than I do, which we, which we knew about. He's your number 23 overall. What makes you so high on Woodruff? I get glass now, right? Like I'm a little bit worried about the health of the glass now after he did come back last year, but it was, it was tough for him. I'm starting to buy in a little bit. All this talk about using like a split changeup too. Even if he uses that like 10 to 12% it's of the time. It's not the skill. It's, not the, yeah. it's literally... It's, ma- it's a matter of staying healthy. And that's it. But if Glasnow stays healthy for like 150 or 160... Oh, dude. It's yeah. like the steal of the draft. Totally agree with that. I'm totally all in a Glasnow if he can stay healthy. Um, there is risk involved. But Brandon Woodruff, you have at 23. I have him down at 30. And then you have all the hype guys back to back to back here. Uh, 27, 28, 29. Although Lazardo is a little bit lower here for you at 34 in a different tier. Um, we'll get into those guys in a few moments. But why are you so in on Brandon Woodruff this year? So he is very fastball and sinker reliant, which normally I, I would like a starting pitcher to have, you know, a breaking pitch that he really can rely on. He uses a slider about 20%, uh, and it's a solid slider, but he's really, really reliant on his four-seamer and his sinker ball. And last year, Greg, I mean, it was a breakout. You remember throughout spring training, he was someone that, you know, a lot of people were touting as a sleeper, and he, it came to fruition. A 3.62 ERA last year, a 3.36 XFIP says that maybe he should have been even better than he was last season, Greg. A 114 whip. I think the strikeouts might take a little bit of a step back. He was at 10.5 Ks per nine, yet his, uh, his strikeout rate was... It seems a little deceptive based on the 11.9% swinging strike rate. I actually wrote next to a swinging strike rate, meh. So maybe the strikeouts <laughs> come down a little bit for Woodruff, but uh, he's someone that can get ground balls. He has uh, good command. He didn't walk too many batters, 2.22 walks per nine last year. Uh, and there were always kind of signs of him being good. He was just never used solely as a starting pitcher. He's been used in relief, bounced right. back and forth a little bit. Uh, but in the minor leagues, he was very good. Um, I think there's a lot to like. He relies on his fastball. He throws it like 96, 97 miles per hour. I saw his first start the other day in spring training. He was hitting like 99 regularly. So, I mean, he throws extremely hard and has one of the best fastballs in the game. Um, I'm buying in. I I don't mind him as an SP3 
or again, if you play in one of these deeper leagues in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, SP2? I, I not ideally, but I, I wound up with him as my SP two with Patrick Corbin. So I'm going to continue to hammer out starting pitching in that draft, but. I do not mind him whatsoever as an SP3, Greg. All right, the number's all going up for Brandon Woodruff, of course. He's I got to get you on the Brandon Woodruff train. Come on, Greg. It's funny because I looked at the stats last year. I was like, should we be talking about Brandon Woodruff more? He's good. Uh, and Ronis was all over him last year. And I was like, I'm missing something here. And he's pretty good. Yeah, I should get back in on him this year. All right, let's get to the hype guys here a little bit and go further down in our top 40. Stick around. BFFs roll on after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Right back here on the BFFs, Greg Sussman and Frank Stample. Let's get into the hype guys here well, a little bit, Frank. And you had your boy Max Fried kind of leading this tier off. Max Fried, Zach Gallen, uh, Frankie Montas all in that pack for you. He's just Lazardo a little bit later on. I have Lazardo as the head of my uh, hype guys. You mentioned it uh, on Twitter last night. You mentioned it as you walked in that Jesus Lazardo now has uh, a new high pick in the NFC going in the sixth round. People are buying the hype once again on Jesus Lazardo. Yeah, and I like Lazardo. The reason why I have him ranked a little bit lower than some of those other guys is, as you can see the projection below, they have him projected over on Fangraphs for 149 innings pitched. That, to me, is extreme best-case scenario because this is somebody who only pitched 55 innings last year, pitched three more in the postseason. The year before that, he threw 109 innings. 2017, only threw 43. This guy has never really thrown that many innings. And I know that the reports that have come out of Oakland are there's going to be no innings limit for Lozardo and A.J. Puck. I'm not buying that because they want to play in the postseason. They want to go deep. They need Lozardo and Puck to, yes, help them get there, but they're also going to need them once they get to the postseason. So, and if I'm projecting Lozardo, I'm not giving him much more than 130 or 140 innings pitch, Greg. And for that reason, that's why I have him ranked uh, below names like Freed and Gallen and Montas, just because I think that those guys are going to give you more innings. Maybe Lozardo is better on a per-inning basis, but the thing is, you're probably going to get 30 to 40 more innings pitched out of those other pitchers. Yeah, you hit exactly what I was going to say, that I think he's just better than all the guys that you mentioned. Gallon, Freed. Uh, yeah, it's hard to argue Montas. with that. I mean, the guy is ridiculous. 2-5-3 ERA in the minors. Guys. Sure. Last year, Montas pitched uh, 96 innings around a, a major suspension that wiped him out for most of the year. But he was phenomenal last year. I remember uh, you, Flora, and I were hanging out uh, and dancing around because of Frankie Montas. Like, we all bought in, and it worked out. I remember Florio at first did not like Frankie Montas, well, and I had to try and talk him into it. But you know, Frankie Montas, uh, what he did last year, and it was not PED related. He finally just put it all together. Yeah. Look at his career, uh, his career log year by year. There was one year where he got a ton of strikeouts, uh, but would walk too many batters, and then the next year he limited the walks and then didn't get any strikeouts. And last year he finally figured it all out. Has prospect pedigree, always threw hard, so it's not PED related. What he did last year was related to the fact that he introduced a splitter. He introduced a new pitch, and last year, 35% chase rate that would have ranked 12th among starting pitchers, 49% ground ball rate, has solid command, gives you ground balls, solid strikeouts, 
know, maybe around a strikeout per inning, like nine per nine kind of guy. Uh, not going to wow you there, but I think someone who can pitch to a, you know, again, three, five to three, seven ERA. I think someone similar to like a Sonny Gray. That's why I have these guys ranked similarly. Uh, some people might be skeptical because it was the only season he's ever done it, Craig, but I'm not one of those people. Ray Matas is 26 years old. He'll turn 27 at the end of March. And I agree, he finally put it all together. He was a guy that, once it started going right last year, we all kind of took notice because what he was doing seemed legitimate. And when he came back from the suspension, I picked up where he left off, I think. Yeah, his final start. He only made one start after right. the suspension. It was good. Six innings of one run ball with six strikeouts against cool. the, uh, the Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels. Whatever. Sure. Matas is good. And if he can just continue on this path, you're going to a nice value here with Frankie Montas, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Frankie Montas. Not as much as I like uh, Freed and, and Zach Gallen. We spoke about these guys a lot, but we'll just kind of reiterate it real quick. I mean, with Zach Gallen traded over from the Miami Marlins last year and what he did in the PCL, the Pacific Coast League, mind you, where the average ERA was like five in this league last year. That's how bad pitching was. He had a 177 ERA, a 0.7 whip, and 112 strikeouts in 91 and a third innings pitch. When he came up last year, did struggle with command a little bit. I didn't. I don't think he had enough confidence in his stuff from the get-go, but as the season went along, once he got traded to the Diamondbacks, those walks started to come down a little bit. The strikeouts remained all along. He has four different pitches that he can rely on, four-seam, curve, cutter, change-up, uh, and he threw 171 and a third innings pitch between the minors and the majors last year. So I don't think he's going to be on any type of innings limit. I think he's probably going to give you 175, 100 innings of really, really good baseball. Uh, that is Zach, Zach Gallen. And then Max Fried, Greg, just look at the numbers, man. It's the strikeouts were phenomenal. He really took a step forward in terms of command. Not this spring. Not this spring. No, no, no. But that's good. Look, if you're scared off of Max Freed, continue to let him fall because I will take him in all of my drafts. Uh, he did get blown up in his first start here in the spring. Oh, my God. 54% ground oh ball God, rate, Frank. Greg. How about this in the second half Dude, for Max Freed? You're not going to believe this. 10.2 Ks per nine. You're not going to believe this. 3.6 ERA. This is unbelievable. With a 3.12 XFIP. We're all in on Max Freed. And let's go over to Greg Sussman with... I don't know. A sports grid news update? <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Bam, bam, bam. You are going to believe everything I'm about to tell you. Uh, Edwin Diaz, shut down for the season because he stinks. Uh, wrong team. Thank you very much. <laughs> Try again. Uh, what team and what player do you think would get hurt in spring training oh, in February? Um, you want to assess for this? Uh, very close. Pretty good right one. city. Oh, is it? Uh, Brandon Nemo I saw was hurt earlier. Oh, no, it's in the card. Uh, no. Oh. Right. I know he was on the Again, map. right city. Oh, Gar don't say Garrett Cole, Greg. Uh, right team. Uh, oh, Tanaka. No, 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 no. You, you expect this player to get hurt. Oh, right. Stanton, Judge. Giancarlo Stanton hurt his right calf during outfield work, and an MRI revealed a grade one calf strain. This is insane. This is absolutely Greg, insane. I would like you to please stand up right now and pat me on the back. Come over here and just give me a pat on the back. Let's go. Greg Sussman here on the BFS Live. Give me a pat on the back. For anyone who watched Fantasy Sports Today the other day, I believe it was Tuesday, we did our outfield preview. I said my busts at the position were Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. These gentlemen cannot stay healthy. You need to stop buying in. Oh, well, he hit 59 home runs one year in Marlins Park. He has one season, over 40 home runs in his career. He closes his eyes when he swings. 
He can't hit a breaking pitch. He's overrated. And now he's hurt once again. How much time is he going to miss? Unli- unlikely to be ready to go opening day. There you go. Perfect. Clint Frazier, welcome to the team. Nah, I mean, you're going to start laughing. The Sockman, Mike Talkman. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I know who it's going to be. Miguel and Duhar. Do the do. You're the starting f- left fielder, Miguel and Duhar. The first batted ball in today's Yankee game went to who? Miguel, Miguel and Duhar. In left field. And let me tell you, he looked, looked pretty damn shaky catching that ball. He looked good. He looked better that than Glaber, Stanton. That was Glaber's ball. <laughs> he looked better than Stanton did. Well, it's not hard to look better than Stanton, Greg. All you got to do is be on the field. This is ridiculous, man. I- I'm more so angry just from like a Yankee fan perspective. I'm obviously. Look, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but it's just, like, it's obvious to me. Why do we keep drafting these guys that are built like Adonis's? That's, it just doesn't work in baseball. It doesn't. Judge, always hurt. Stanton, always hurt. Joey Gallo last year, oblique. He's built like a mammoth human being as well, Greg. It's just, it's frustrating all around from a baseball perspective, fantasy perspective. It's, it never ends, man. It never ends. Stanton felt the calf injury yesterday at the end of his workout. The Yankees sent him for an MRI today. All right, Greg. Are you going to draft Max Fried this year or what? Yeah, I like Max Fried. <laughs> All right, cool. I like Max Fried. Um, I noticed that one hype guy is a little bit lower. He's actually higher in your rankings than most people, but he's a little bit lower than I have him. That's the Nelson Lamette. Um, how come you're a little bit lower on him than some of the other guys? Yeah, it just comes back to the uh, projection. How many innings are you projecting for Denelson Lamette this upcoming season? The strikeouts are going to be great. There's no doubt about that. And last year, he was unlucky. He pitched to an uh, ERA over four, a 3.44 XFIP. Uh, but the whip was high. It's always going to be high because he walks a lot of guys. He's very similar to this mold of like a Trevor Bauer or a Robbie Ray type. Except I think the ERA can be a little bit better. He had a 33.6% strikeout rate last year. That would have ranked fourth among starting pitchers if he qualified, but you know, over three and a half walks per nine last season, over four walks per nine for his career. Uh, the swinging strike rate was great, 14%. That would have been tied with Shane Bieber for ninth among starting pitchers last year. Uh, kind of worry about him being just a two-pitch pitcher, Greg. He uses like a four-seam sinker, and, and he uses a slider. It's like a, it's like a slurve. It's like a slider curve type pitch 44% of the time, and it's a great pitch, but... I worry about him just being a two-pitch pitcher. I'm probably not going to own him just because there's always someone in a draft that likes him more than I do. Sure. But I do acknowledge that the talent is there and the strikeout upside is there. Uh, but I do worry about the projected innings as well. He's probably giving you like 150 if we're being honest. I think innings are uh, a fair question mark control. Obviously, also a fair question mark when it comes to Lamette. I'm high on him. Uh, I have no issue drafting him. Uh, pretty much where he's going. Like, I, I want one of these guys. You know, it's fun. You want to just get it right. Yeah. Want I want one, one in every single one. I I don't want to leave a draft without one of Freed. Max Fried, Zach Gallen, Frankie Montas, Lazardo, or Man. even if you want to put uh, into this mix as well, Julio Urias with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, so Urias isn't inside my top 47. Um, I, I think he's very similar. Like, he's going to be really good. So, so here's my thing with, with Julio Urias. How many innings? How many innings? You said it with Lazardo. He's in the rotation. You said it with the Nelson Lamette. He's Urias in is in. They've already said he's in. Really? Yeah, he's in. I want to move him up. He's already paid. Yeah, no, he's he's the SP four. They're basically saying that their rotation is set with Alex Wood rounding it out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm really concerned about. Him being in and no, out with you, all these other still, guys. You still have to worry about it because the Dodgers have a lot of really, really good depth, Greg. They have Ross Stripling if if Urias is struggling. Obviously, the Dodgers have aspirations of I don't know if they're ever gonna do it, winning a World Series. Sure. And, Going deep into the postseason once again. I mean, if there's any year they can do it, it's this year. Uh, but last year, only uh, 79 and two-thirds innings pitched. 
in the major in the majors, two innings in the minors, so you know, slightly over eighty. And look, I've I've got to be fair in my analysis if I'm criticizing someone like Lazardo for not getting much more than 130, 140 innings pitched. I have to be consistent with Urias, and I think that some of those concerns remain. Uh, Fangraphs, they have them projected for you know right around between 130 and 140. I think that's a fair projection, but he's probably going to be really good in those 140 innings. You're talking like a sub 3.5 ERA, a good whip, and over a strikeout per inning. I, I really think that's attainable for Julio Urias. Julio Urias in the rotation because Kenta Maeda and Hyunjin Ryu are not. Talk about them in their new places next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Next, Pharrell, Coast Coast. Live on Sports with Jared Smith can check in. Later on, Pharrell. Doesn't join me on the NBA Twitch program tonight, the NBA Fantasy Hour. Like at some point, I assume you will stick around for this, right? For the NBA Fantasy Hour? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can, uh, I don't know, entice me, bribe me? I don't know. Take me out for dinner. No. And, then we'll, and then we'll do the Fantasy Hour together. No, we do have to plan our auction. We also have to plan a date for you to make me. Some fried buttermilk fried chicken like sandwich. That? It looked pretty good, Greg. Dude, it was amazing. It looked pretty damn good. It was good. a lot of work, admittedly. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yes. Yes. Speaking of which, Greg, will you be trying the new KFC fried chicken on a donut sandwich? No. No. I understand a lot of people are going to be grossed out by it, and I get it. It's one of those things, Greg, where I have to try it. I have to try it at least once. You're going to have a heart attack. I think I am. So plan for a new co-host. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mentioned going to break about Julio Urias. You said is in the rotation. He's the number four starting pitcher announced by the Dodgers. I'm going to do my research to make sure you're not lying to me. I hope I'm not lying either. Okay. <laughs> Did you just take him? No, I didn't take him. We took Reese Hoskins oh, nice. in the ninth round. There you go. See, it's my guy. Um, but the reason that there are spots in the rotation is because Hyunjin Ryu and Kenta Maeda are no longer in the rotation with the Dodgers because they're no longer on the Dodgers. Maeda is in Minnesota, and Ryu heads over to Toronto. I have these players uh, both inside my top 47, with Ryu being at 43, Maeda at 47, but I think they're very similar um, similar pitchers. Obviously, Ryu was amazing last year. Where are these guys for you? So I have Ryu at 39. Okay. I have David Price at 43. You didn't bring up David Price. Well, he's joining the rotation. I'm at 30, I have him at 37. Okay, so we all have we have these guys in, in pretty much similar ranges, and I have Maeda at 46. We're very close there. So here's all three guys inside our top 47. Yeah, and here's what I'll say. If we could throw the rankings back up again, my uh, basically 32 through 47, and you see 32 through 40 here, uh, I'll let you know, just not listed here, uh, 41 through 47, I have Erod, Kyle Hendricks, David Price, Robbie Ray, Matthew Boyd, Kenta Maeda, and, of course, Joe Musgrove. I got to get him inside the top 47 there. Uh, but Joe Musgrove's 58 for me. Greg, it's a good mix of this area of the draft is you have – pitchers who are going to be really, really good on a per-inning basis, guys like Urias, guys like Ryu, guys like Kenta Maeda, guys like David Price, they're going to be really good when they're on the mound, but 
for whatever reason, whether it's due to injury risk or the fact that they've never pitched that many innings before, you can't really project them for much more than 150, maybe 160 innings. But you do have some good balancing acts with Kyle Hendricks, someone like a Madison Bumgarner, somebody like an Eduardo Rodriguez, or someone like a Joe Musgrove. These are all pitchers who I think are going to give you innings, and they're not going to be as good of innings. They're probably going to be you know high threes ERA if we're being honest, but they're also going to you know give you close to 200 innings, and they're going to give you solid strikeouts. Not great, you know, between seven and eight Ks per nine, and a lot of these guys are going to give you good whip, Greg. If there's one thing Kyle Hendricks is going to give you, it's a good whip. Over the last four seasons, he has a 1.11 whip. That is 12th best among qualified starting pitchers. Last year, I think I believe Bumgarner had around like a 1.10 whip, uh, and he did that for 200 innings. Getting 200 innings of a 1.10 whip is awesome, and those are that that's an elite whip specialist. Everything else that Bumgarner gives you, personally, I don't really like Bummy because. The underlying numbers were, were not great. It's probably going to give you close to a four ERA, maybe even more than that. The guys out here, you know, rodeoing and, and doing all this other stuff, Mason Saunders, nickname, whatever he is, uh, he is an injury risk as well. But pitched to 200 innings last year, uh, get, gives you that volume and, and gives you a good whip as well. So I think this range of starting pitchers, Greg, is really good in terms of giving you innings, but also giving you players who are really good on a per-inning basis. And you can kind of pair some of those pitchers together. Yeah, I... I... I think I like all of them. The current Dodger pitcher, the ex-Dodgers pitchers. I think I'm in on all of them because I think they're a bit undervalued. I know there is, there is injury risk, specifically with Ryu, uh, who always misses time. Kenta Maeda, when you kind of just leave him alone and let him be in the starting rotation, Frank, I think he's pretty good, man. I, I, I think he just, in the AL, probably pitched to around a four ERA, maybe a little bit less than that. I think it's a great division to pitch in. He has right. to face the Tigers and sure. the Royals. Even the Indians. Yeah. Indians strike out a lot. The strikeout numbers have always been good for Maeda. He, had a 14, he has a 14% swinging strike rate in back-to-back seasons, Greg. Some of that comes out of the pen. I realize that. But last year made 26 starts. I like Kenta Maeda. 37 appearances. 153 innings pitched. I don't have a problem with him. The question is, does he separate himself from the other pitchers in this tier? You know, Greg? It seems like a lot of them are similar. How do you differentiate Kenta Maeda from, like, a David Price, for example? Because David Price last year had his highest strikeout rate yeah. in, like, the past five years. I think So I actually like Price. I have Price. Price is going to get you wins, too, in Los Angeles. I have Angeles. Price 10 spots higher than I have Kenta Maeda. Maeda will get you wins in Minnesota. Maeda will get you wins He'll get you wins. But, but I have Price 10 spots higher because out of Boston and in, the, the, NC, and in the NL, those are two really good factors for David Price, I think. So for David Price, I looked into this last night. His career versus the Yankees, I mean, we all know it's bad. An ERA over five. It's horrible. A one four three whip. It's in his head at this point. In 259 innings. It's in his head at this point. A 259 inning sample? That's like two David Price seasons. And he has an ERA over five against the Yankees. He doesn't have to face the Yankees anymore. He gets to face the Giants four or five times a season. The Padres, who, okay, yeah, we're kind of excited about Tatis and Machado, but I think there's still some question marks. Let's go to Colorado lineup. now, though. Yeah, does have to go to Colorado. That's true. All right, so those are our top 40. Are there anybody else inside your top 47? That's where my tier ends. But is there anybody in this section of guys that are on your list or right outside your list that you have not mentioned that you wanted to uh, at least get on, get in on before we move on to some of our late-round sleepers? 
Just quickly mention Matthew Boyd. Sure. I think Matthew Boyd is basically the American League version of Robbie Ray. I think they're very similar. They give up a lot of hard contact, a lot of home runs. That was an issue for Boyd last year, but he's going to give you strikeouts. So again, uh, if you can marry a Matthew Boyd with a, a Kyle Hendricks who's going to help your ratios or you know, someone similar to that, I think it makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, Joe Musgrove, I'll just say it quickly, Greg. I know that you're out on Musgrove. Uh, finally, for years, we were pounding the table on Joe Musgrove. But Ray Searidge is no longer the pitching coach. Searidge puts an emphasis on fastballs and sinkers. Joe Musgrove's fastball was not a good one. Uh, the final month of the season, he saw an uptick in velocity, started using his slider more, starting using his ba- breaking pitches more, uh, and he does have very good command. He's going to be a plus whip contributor. I still believe in the skills of Musgrove. I, I think one of these years he's going to put it together, and frankly, uh, a lot of people were burned by him last year, and he's falling down draft boards, and you can get him as like your SP5 or your SP6, so at that point, why not? My next crew is numbers 49 to 58. That includes Joe Musgrove. It also includes Joe Musgrove's ex-teammate Lance McCullers. We've talked a lot today, Frank, about some of these younger pitchers that will be limited in how many innings they're going to give you. People are kind of jumping back in on Lance McCullers, who hasn't started a game yet in spring training. I know he's working his way up toward that. Hopefully, we'll get there next week. Are you somebody that's drafting Lance McCullers? Probably not, because he's going in a similar range as Urias and not going much later than a lot of the names that we just mentioned. And... He might be as good as those guys on a per-inning basis. A career 3-6-7 ERA for McCullers, but he's never pitched more than 128 innings. And coming off the injury, he has struggled with command in the past. Uh, he has a career 3.53 walks per nine. I feel like the first season back, Greg, it's, you know, that's something that someone struggles with, right? Coming off of a major injury like this is they can struggle with command early on. Lance McCullers strikes me as someone who... You know, if he's shaky this year, I'll be in on heading into next year, assuming that he's healthy because you'll get him at a discount. Uh, Lance McCullers, not really someone that I'm targeting this upcoming season. I think we could see some rough patches early on, Greg. Also in this crew of guys around Lance McCullers for me are some names that we've talked about in the past that we like, Frank. Uh, Luke Weaver is in there. Marcus Stroman is in there. Griffin Canning and Caleb Smith as well. Yeah, look, when it comes to Luke Weaver... He was great last year. He just got hurt. And I understand it's scary. Like, he's, he was dealing with a forearm injury. Uh, it seems like at any point his elbow could just fall off this upcoming year. But he was finally starting to figure it out. And we know that Luke Weaver has that prospect pedigree. He came over in the Paul Goldschmidt trade. Uh, devastating fastball changeup combination. The difference was last year, Greg, he started using a cutter about 15% of the time. And it was a really, really good cutter. So having that third pitch that he can go to, uh, you saw it. Pitching to, you know, a, a sub-3-5 ERA um, gets ground balls as well. Luke Weaver is someone that I like. I realize there is risk with him, but if he can stay healthy, he's one of these guys that can return potentially you know, top 30 starting pitcher value. Uh, and the other names you mentioned, Caleb Smith, first 11 starts last year, was lights out. Uh, that really, really struggled in the second half. I believe he was pitching through injury, uh, and that's what ultimately affected him. Stroman started using his slider more in the uh, final months of the season. When we went over to the New York Mets, Greg, the strikeouts went up for him. He's always someone who's going to give you a lot of ground balls. If he can maintain some of those uh, some of those swing and miss numbers that we saw with the Mets, then this could potentially be the best season that we see out of Marcus Stroman. And he's been good for Struggled a long time. In his uh, initial outing with the Mets this spring. All right, I'm going to throw, we have two minutes left until Pharrell. I'm going to just throw names at you. You give me like a one-sentence response. Sure. Okay, we do this for football. Um, we'll do it again. We're maybe with baseball last year. It's been a while. All right, ready? Let's go. Herman Marquez. No. Jake Odorizzi. No, not really. Mike Fultonevich. I was originally in on Fulte. I don't mind him 
as a back-end rotation piece. Uh, but last year, the swing and miss still wasn't there. Strikeouts weren't great. Still walks a lot of guys. There are a lot of players in this range that I like more. Like Caleb Smith, I like more. Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney, I like. Uh, it's just a matter of staying healthy. We know that he's a really, really good pitcher. Uh, interesting pitch mix. But gets a lot of strikeouts as well. Uh, and solid command. Not, not bad command for the strikeouts that he gives you. Just needs to stay healthy. I think he's really good when he's on the mound. Adrian Hauser. Adrian Hauser is a name that I'm targeting, and you can get him as you know a bench piece um, in your leagues. And he's someone who got a lot of ground balls last year, Greg. I think a near 50% ground ball rate, uh, over nine Ks per nine last year, had solid command. Uh, maybe it was just a blip and, and an aberration, but he looked pretty damn good last year. The Brewers randomly find starting pitchers like this. I like Adrian Hauser. All right, final name, John Gray. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll be in a Yankee uniform soon, Greg, and then I could buy in there, but... I'm someone that's just never going to own pitchers in Colorado. You can tell me about the swinging strike rate, the strikeouts, all you want with Marquez and John Gray. And, oh, well, you can stream them on the road. It's too much of a headache. I want a player that I can use all the time. John Gray is not one of those guys. All right, there you have it. Those are our starting pitcher ranks. Tweeted us what you like and what you don't. Pharrell! Coast to Coast is up next. Thanks to Sean and Alex downstairs. For Frank, I'm Greg. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more.